Thank you for joining our podcast today. In this episode, we will talk about feminism and false feminism in a Disney movie named Frozen that was released in 2014. I'm the host of this podcast. My name is Zoe. First of all, let me introduce the guests we have for today. Welcome, guys. Hi, guys. I'm Ren Shengzhong. Hello, everyone. My name is Kai Wen. Hi, my name is Pan Zhao. And I'm Ashley. Welcome, guys. Before we jump into our topic, here is a brief summary of the film. The Snow Queen Elsa, who was afraid of showing her superpower of controlling ice, left her country trapped in winter after people found her secret. Her sister Anna took an adventurous journey to find her, and their sisterhood made Elsa regain her confidence. She was able to control the power and back to the throne at the end. Frozen is one of the best-selling films among all Disney movies. One of the reasons why audiences like it is because Frozen is not a traditional prince movie. Just like princess stories in the past that were about princesses waiting for their prince to give their lives a happy ending, Frozen is a movie about sisterhoods instead of romance, which shows feminism. Let me introduce Runsheng to you all and how is Frozen a feminist movie? Okay, the first thing I notice is that、uh, the storyline of each character can be established if the gender of character is changed. For example, every choice of Elsa is also true for a boy. In order to pursue her inner voice against the world, she also learns to separate from her love and grow independently, which is the old general of males.、Um, also, Anna's story is also sound for boys. She wants to protect her relatives, reckless but never give up, and she would rather sacrifice herself to compensate for the mistake made by her ancestors. And the second thing I notice is that in the film, male characters are increasingly marginalized in the film, and the relationship between woman and woman has increasingly become the focus of the film. And for example, the prince, who are considered a good guy in the film. In all Disney movies, becomes civilian. Also, I want to point out that in the end, we can see Anna punches Prince Hans in his face、uh, when she knows the、uh, evil motives of him.、Uh, this doesn't、uh, usually happen in a Disney princess movie, and Anna gets to be with、uh, another man,、uh, Kristoff, who、uh, she really loves. Yeah, I really agree with it. And the third thing I notice is, from the essay looking into the magic mirror, Disney impact on the fairy tale genre, written by Linda Hans and Shana Trapillo. Uh, it said in Let It Go, the film's musical impact also departs from the prince predators by rejecting the fairy tale's notion that the best way to achieve a happy ending is. By trying to please everyone, it shows that in the movie Elsa does not try to please everyone, but be herself. And the last thing I notice is that、uh, the Elsa's clothes 
as I believe Elsa's growth is symbolize a kind of strength on Elsa, which is a kind of social strength. And during the quarrel between the two sisters, Anna accidentally tore off Elsa's glove, which also symbolizes that the thing that surprised Elsa's nature began to disappear and Elsa's desire began to gradually appear and she become herself. Thank you all for sharing. Those are really great points. I also have something to add on. In Cordelia Chan's essay, Gender Norms Thought in Disney's Frozen, she mentioned that Anna asserts herself and decides to search for Elsa on her own, despite the pleading of her then fiance, Hans. Anna's decision to go on an adventure is a flipping of traditional princess. It was the prince who did the saving job, not the princess. Man is not her everything. Her sister Elsa is. From the same essay written by Chen, she mentioned that Anna assists Kristoff in fighting off a pack of wolves. We don't usually see a girl saving a man from danger, especially she's a princess. Anna showed such a brave move that it definitely represents the feminism of her. The reason why Frozen makes audiences feel like it is a feminist movie is because this is a princess movie that has marginalized male characters. And the movie focused on emphasized sisterhoods. Anna made a break and assertive decision to save her sister Elsa. It is unusual to see a prince put her sister before a man. Elsa's transformation from scared of her own power to accept it also an illustration of feminism. However, is Frozen really a feminist movie? We found a different answer. Yeah, so I'm gonna to talk about some of the anti-feminism part of this movie. And the first character I'm gonna analyze is Anna. And um, I will analyze Anna uh, through two parts. So the first part, we're gonna look, take a look at the love story of Anna. So first we know that the love story for Anna and the Prince Hans is unchanged. According to Chan, love is an open door is a sound that sums up the love story. In most of the older Disney movies, it seems to poke fun at love at first sight, but nevertheless uh, describes the romance prevalent in the in the film, subjecting Anna and Hans to the same stereotypical gender standards as a historical Disney Disney films. That's true, and it is not just about the quick love with the prince. In fact, I find that if we look at the appearance of Elsa and Anna, we will find that they have big eyes, beautiful face, and perfect body shapes. Female characters were set to perfect beauty standards from the beginning. Yeah, that's so true uh, from Pan. And also, not only Anna fell in love with Prince Hans, she decided to engage with him on the day they, fir the, they first met each other. So Anna is not serious enough in thinking about this marriage and can make wise decision when, when you know, when she's uh, crazy in love. 
and uh, when Elsa, Anna's sister, rejecting Anna's marriage with Hans, Anna just suddenly becomes so angry and accidentally takes off Elsa's glove, which leads to a bad result that everybody starts to see Elsa as a monster. So from here, we can see that Anna is still depicted as a girl who can't control her own emotions. And that's the first thing I want to talk about. The second thing I want to talk about is uh, Disney still depicts Anna as uh, the, uh, some girl that can't save her own life just by herself. Anna, from the plot, we know that Anna has to find true love to save her own life. Uh, Disney still designed this part in the way that Anna needs someone else, uh, not in the way that she can save herself. Uh, for example, we if we compare this movie to Rogue One, a Star Wars story, where the leading female, Jin, is more independent and fights for her own life, as well as others. And according to the podcast, I'm Frozen, when compared to some of the company's other output, particularly Pixar's Brave, uh, the last 25 years of Disney Princess felt really quite backwards. So we can see that Disney is trying to do something about gender, but it's quite not progressive by this point. Those are great examples of false feminism for Anna. Just like Kai mentioned, Disney did not change the love at first sight plot. And Anna was so eager to get engaged with the men, although they just met. Anna's eagerness for love and lack of emotion control shows her false feminism. Now, let's take a look at Elsa. What do you have to say about false feminism in Elsa, Pan? Okay, <clears throat> this part, I want to focus in on the anti-feminist part of Elsa. For Elsa, the anti-feminist part of her film is relatively obvious. From those parts, we can see that Disney tried to create a character to fit feminism. But in the end, there's still a certain gap with true feminism. Some anti-feminist characteristics are reflected in the role of Elsa. First thing that is most easily noticed is about her appearance. She has oversized eyes, a beautiful face, and beautiful makeup. The whole appearance looks completely perfect. <clears throat> and the clothes she wore also brought out her perfect body shape. Her appearance reflects an unattainable beauty. And when she was no longer the queen, she still had a beautiful dress and beautiful makeup. In the article, the slowly improving gender politics of <coughs> Disney's Frozen, the author Jason Bailey mentioned that Disney states that it's very difficult to create animations for female characters because they must to be beautiful at all times. Even when showing anger or other emotions, <coughs> this makes the characters produced with unachievable beauty. When Elsa shows such perfect beauty, her beauty, strengthened, and rebellious spirit made her very independent and charming. 
this makes her very achieve attractive to children. Although in the movie she and Anna are both princes, but according to the Arctic princess culture, the movie like Frozen Two reinforces gender stereotypes. Children are more inclined to associate the word princess with Elsa instead of Anna. <clears throat> This makes Elsa teach students about women high standards of beauty. In addition, for Elsa. The imbalance between her power and romance is also a feature. She has powerful abilities, but in the movie she has almost no romantic part. And for the powerless Anna, has a romantic part. For the movies with similar male roles, basically powerful men will have a romantic part. This seems to reflect that a powerful woman. Will not have romantic part. From those part, it makes me feel that Disney is trying to create a free, rebellious female character. But in fact, it's still under control. From the same essay named "Frozen in Time: How Disney Gender Stereotypes Its Most Powerful Princess," written by Madeline Striff and Lauren Dundas, they said, although Elsa's struggles as an outsider make her appealing. Her inability to control her emotions, especially fear and anger, reflects the risks of missing power with female volatility. This reminds me of the scene when Elsa's father tells her to conceal and don't feel about the power, and makes her wear a pair of gloves. I don't know if any of you noticed before, Anna is the main character of this movie, instead of Elsa. But Elsa is obviously more catchy to audiences, and that's because Elsa has more beautiful outfits and she has magic power. Her beauty is especially attractive to children who may feel oppressed by adult moral authority at school and at home. That's a quote that I cited from Wolfstein in 1978. This shows that. Beauty and fancy females will be the main characters, whether in movies or in life. They will also be the center of attention. This movie, Frozen, is still stuck in the traditional standards of beauty. Also, I think there's some plot in the film that shows a kind of anti-feminism from Elsa. The thing I notice is about her gloves. She wants to keep that glove on. I see the glove as a kind of Social constraint, and she she does not take the glove off by herself, but by accident, and which reveals that Elsa does not want to break the social constraint, but she breaks it by accident. I agree. I find the term princess associated with Elsa by kids simply because she's pretty building up upon the. Traditional gender stereotype where girls are just supposed to be pretty, and that's what a princess is supposed to be like. Yeah, that's really surprising to me because I thought Elsa should be the main character, but end up I found that Anna should be the main character. Elsa is definitely a traditional beauty. We can tell from her appearance and body shapes. The disbalance between power and romance makes Elsa a less feminist character, because while a man can have both power and romance, a woman cannot. 
After looking at the two main characters, Ashley also found false feminism in supporting characters. Hi, Ashley. Hi everyone. So I'm here to talk about more about the secondary characters in Frozen. Most people may only remember Elsa, Anna, and maybe Olaf the Snowman from Frozen. Yet it is the details that make a movie special. When talking about the quote-unquote villain or the quote-unquote bad guy from Frozen, most people will only remember Hans, but not the Duke of Wesselton. In case some of our fellow audiences forgot about him, he is the tiny old man with a mustache who kept on calling Elsa a witch. He was also the one who ordered the man to ca catch Elsa, which really reminds me of the Salem witch trials, where women who are accused to be witches were captured and murdered. The Salem witch trial itself was built on top of sexism, where men target women and accuse them of being witches to get what they want or to revenge. Furthermore, if you paid attention to the villagers in the movie, you will realize that all the women and all the girls were wearing long dresses in all, all scenarios, whether it's just daily life or it's just Elsa's coronation day. Moving on. Yeah. If people remember Elsa and Anna's parents, their mom barely had a few lines in the movie and was never the one making the decisions. She was kind of just there nodding and holding the king's arm at all times is that their father was the one in power. For, for example, he was the one who decided to take Elsa to the Snow, Stone Tribe. And decide, he was also the one who decided that Elsa should probably lock her power up. This corresponds to our modern family structure where the husbands or the dads are the head of the household. When quarantine first started due to corona last year, the Malaysian government placed an order where only the head of the household is allowed to go out and get grocery for the family once a week. Fun fact, it ended up that the government needed and were desperate to make some photo cards for the hundreds of dads that, got, that get lost in supermarkets, not knowing what to do, not knowing what the vegetables look like every single day. This shows how men are still the one in charge in families, just like Elsa's household. Elsa's father was the one who decided that Elsa should be locked up and conceal her power so no one would ever know about her powers. His decision ultimately almost ruined his daughter's life and completely destroyed both of her daughters, his daughter's childhoods. Yep, that reminds me that the part in the movie that Elsa's father want to control her superpower instead of helping her development superpowers. Even Elsa's mother and society are the same. This may reflect that men want to control women <coughs> and do not want women to have strong abilities. I agree. If we look at other male characters, they also show some toxic masculinity like Kristoff, but you may be surprised. He had to take Anna up the mountain because she just could not do it on her own. I find this indirectly suggesting that Anna is dependent and needed a man to guide her through problems. On the other hand, Hans and his man also decided to go rescue Anna after seeing only her, her horse running back to the castle. 
His troop consists of only strong, tall men who are also the same guys who forcefully removed Elsa from her castle. In previous Disney movies, the princesses simply sit there and wait for rescue. Even though Anna supposedly wanted to bring Elsa back, she failed to do so. It was Hans Mann who forcefully removed Elsa from her palace and up the mountain, which is still suggesting that women cannot do a man's job. Thank you, Ashley. This is an interesting fact that Elsa simply waited for her sister to save her, just like the plots in other traditional princess stories. Also, Elsa's father is suppressing Elsa. Instead of telling her daughter to grow and use her power, he told her to conceal it. The fact is, people want a woman to control her power rather than developing from it. Here comes to the conclusion of our podcast. In this podcast, we first talk about the feminism parts of Frozen, that it is a sisterhood story while a woman, Elsa, has superpower. Another woman, Anna, is courageous to sacrifice to save her sister. But when we look deeper into the details in the film, we found that Anna is portrayed as a irrational girl who is eager for love. And although Anna is a powerful queen, she doesn't have romance in this film. It is a false feminism because there can be a balance between power and romance. That's all for today's podcast. Thank you for listening.